Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast. Uh, the podcast where I take comedians and then I shove self-help down their throats. <laughs> this week's episode is with Bobby Kanoff, uh, who's just fantastic. We had a, a wonderful conversation. Um, his assignment for this episode was about accomplishing goals. And I gave him one of my favorite assignments on that topic. Um, we, to be honest, don't spend a whole lot of the episode talking about that because um, we had just so much more to get into, uh, totally unrelated. But we had a fantastic conversation about um, writing, about a little bit about accomplishing goals, uh, about sobriety and struggles with that. Just a fantastic conversation. Um, Bobby's just delightful, and you should watch him do stand-up uh, wherever you can find him. He's at the Underground Comedy Club a lot, uh, so you can check him out there. You can also check out uh, his duo, The Two Sues, on Facebook. They're fantastic. If you have not seen The Two Sues, both of those Sues are just the best Sues to ever sue. Uh, so <laughs> I'm feeling very silly in this intro today. Um, I hope that you are too. But yeah, you'll really enjoy this conversation with him. Also, uh, as always, if you're based in Toronto and you're listening to this and you want to come and check out our live show, we're at Comedy Bar the third Sunday of every month. So you can get tickets for that on comedybar.ca. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Bobby Kanaf. All right, Bobby Kanav. Hello, Tracy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm excited to have you. Um, so we start with an honest, how are you? So how are you? Uh, well, obviously I'm enjoying myself being in your company. <laughs> and that's been nice. Bobby stuff. Uh, But not the best, yeah. actually, right now. That's fine. Yeah, pretty... Uh, Why not the best? Uh... Kind of had a breakdown today. Yeah. Yeah. In there. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of uh, stress. Mm -hmm. And I kind of exploded on my girlfriend mm -hmm. when she didn't do anything. She just said something that I took the wrong way. And then a bunch of stress that's been building up just kind of. Yeah. Like, so that was bad. But then we talked. So that was good. But it's just a lot of family bullshit. Mm. Just too much. That's a very hard flavor of bullshit yeah. <laughs> to deal with. Yeah, because it's the one that never runs out of stock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the one flavor that just keeps on coming. <laughs> they just keep bringing trucks and truckloads of it. And you're like, can we, put, can we have some other bullshit for a bit? They're like, no, this is your body. Well, I'm sorry that you're feeling stressed and that you're having a tough time today. But hey, you're in the right place. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what I, cause like I was crying and stuff and then I was like, I don't want to go, but I definitely want to go. It yep. was this weird, like, this will be awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. Um, I am. How are you? Medium. Medium? Mm-hmm. I'm tired. <laughs> My dog had to really bully me out of bed today. Oh yeah. One of those days. Yeah. Like, I don't think that my roommates were home. <laughs> But if they were, I wonder what they thought was happening. Because <laughs> it was just my dog barking at me and me going, I hate you. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> yeah, let's hope you were by yourself. <laughs> or if not. I've never 
done that before, and I wasn't doing it to be funny. I meant it. Oh, of course, I we're laughing like, at it, but so I mean. and I know exactly what you mean. Like, stop rubbing it in. It was one of those days where it was just like really just peeling myself out of bed. I'm so tired. Oh, I'm sorry. That's we okay. Rescheduled. No, I'm delighted to be here oh, with you. Okay. Oh, Bobby. I'll wake you up. Want some cappuccino? No, keep it to yourself. <laughs> More for you. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, okay, so should we just like get right into it? Sure. Your assignment. So your assignment was about accomplishing goals. Yes. Um, wait, wait, really quick before we jump yeah. into it, something that just happened. Other than burning myself on this coffee that yeah. I told you before we started recording, as I was walking to get the coffee, I was almost hit by a car. Huh. But like to the degree where you're walking down the street and you're like, oh, that's a stop sign. So even if they don't see me, they legally have to stop. Yeah. And they were slowing down, but then they were speeding up and to the point where I had to like, whoa, 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 and like mm-hmm. raise my hands up and like, and then they stopped and slammed on the brakes. And in the past, I would freak out. I would like slap the hood or give them the finger. Yep. Or be like, but I just was like, kind of just took a moment and just like put my hand over my chest and went like, holy shit. And then just walked away and got my coffee. And I was very pleased with myself. Bobby, I'm proud of you. That I did that and not freaked out. Because that person equally felt probably like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't need to add more anger and then their anger. uh, Mm -hmm. And then I was like in a happy mood for doing that. So I double tipped at the coffee shop. It was a good... Good. She wouldn't have gotten that extra dollar if I wasn't almost killed. It was a weird... (laughs) I'm trying to not... She planted that car. (laughs) Yeah, I was like wondering why it was parked right after and they were high-fiving. People tip better when they just had a near-death <laughs> experience. So we set that up. <laughs> that was all for the podcast. <laughs> that coffee shop's not even a coffee shop. Walk no. by it again, it's a pet value. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cardboard <laughs> prop set of a coffee shop. That coffee shop's been closed for 40 years. <laughs> okay, that was. I just had to start with that because that just Man, happened. Man, what a day you've had. It's been a journey. Oh, we it's can like been... take a minute to get into the and assignment. I also drove You've from Owen Sound this morning because I had a gig last night in uh. Owen Sound and I was driving back this morning with a couple of passed out comics in the car. That's a lot today. <laughs> yeah, it was. But I like that sometimes. It makes yeah. me feel alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like as much as like some of that was shitty, mm. I feel like more alive than those days where I do nothing. Yeah. And I beat myself up. Like today I can't beat myself up. About no, what happened? You've done a lot. There's been you a go, lot you of almost emotion. Got hit by a car. You had a freak uh, out. Big emotional experiences. Drove through some n- northern Ontario, or not northern Ontario, northern southern Ontario. There we go. <laughs> that makes sense. Wouldn't that just be like middle Ontario? <laughs> yeah, but do, do we call it that? It's very distinct on the northern and southern. There's nothing in the middle. <laughs> there is, but do they call them? We're mid Ontario. I don't know. Uh, see, that's why I've I never, had to. Yeah, I've never give heard anyone weird, specify. Like northern, southern Ontario. I think we're just in this Toronto bubble, though, too, where it's like 45 minutes north of here is northern Ontario. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel bad because I'm from Thunder Bay originally, but now that I've lived here over 10 years, it's like, oh, it's all very different up. now. Very up is You're northern drinking Ontario. Drinking cappuccinos, <laughs> wearing cool hats. We're, <laughs> no, one, no one can see, but I'm wearing a very cool hat right now. It is very cool. In hat. London. The good one, ah. not the shitty one. Ah. London proper. Yes. Okay, so we'll get into your assignment, and then maybe we'll circle back cool. to the emotional experience of today. So, so my, 
Yes. Your assignment was about accomplishing goals. Yes. So I made you answer a question at the end of every day. So first, you, had, you gave me to give myself the goal. Yeah, you have to come up with what your goal is. Uh, this is my favorite assignment for accomplishing goal related things because I have found it really useful and I have like shared it with friends who have also found it useful. No pressure for you. No, if but you didn't. even while I was making my notes, it was looking at the way I spend my day in a different way yes. and not beating myself up out of, about it because I'm just looking at it in words rather yes. than playing it in my head of like, you just sat there for right? three hours, you piece of shit. Whereas in it's on paper, like sat yeah. down for three hours. Okay. But what else did you do? Yeah. Like you take note of those things. Yeah. So, so I read this book called, uh, your own worst enemy last year. And that's where I got this from. It was this book about like underachievement in adults. And there's a ton of really fascinating stuff that, uh, I found in that book, but uh, this particular one was, yeah, figure out like what your goal is, write it down. This is my goal. And then at the end of every day, you have to answer the question, what did I do to get closer to my goal today? And some days the answer will be nothing and that's fine. And on those days you answer the follow-up question, what did I make more important? I kind of answered both because mm -hmm. I found that like, I could be doing more sometimes oh, yeah. or could be doing less. And then I don't know if this has happened to you because you've obviously tried these things that you're mm -hmm. giving to people. Uh, some of them would be a combo of both. Yep. And that was interesting that I found really like, oh, that was helpful, but not helpful at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my goal was uh, work on writing that isn't stand up. Oh, good goal. Because the first thing I wanted to do before I even wanted to do stand-up was write movies. Mm -hmm. That was like the goal, like not even to be in them. And if I wanted to, it was like in a Kevin Smith type role of like, I'm in it, but I'm the yeah. writer and the director kind of thing. And then stand-up just was the avenue that I took. And then that took over. And then like, I used to work on these ideas when I was in high school, when I should have been more scared of it. And mm -hmm. now that I'm in an area that is professional in writing and I do it and I get paid for it. I'm crippled by fear I get in this that. realm of it. And it's like, what? That was the thing I wanted to do first. And now I've convinced myself I'm, I can only do this one. And so it was work on writing that isn't stand up. And so you gave it to me on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't choose that day cause I didn't read the message until pretty late. And I'm like, I'm not going to give myself three hours to pass or fail. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I overanalyzed the next few days. So Tuesday, um, there's this one story that I've been working on. Uh, I don't mind saying it. If someone steals it, who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> where it's like, this person's on like a, first I was going to make it a near death experience or, but now I made it, he's on acid or mushrooms, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. But he just wakes up and Nicholas Cage is standing in front of him with like a sign that says his name. Like he's like an airport chauffeur. Yeah. And behind him is just this regular, like suburban all identical houses blocks that just goes on and on and on and the guy's just like what the hell and nicholas cage is like oh hello uh these are your blocks and in each house everything you've ever done is contained in one house so and the size of the house is the same on the outside but it can get all warped inside because mm -hmm. it's all in this person's brain so one house is every cigarette he's ever smoked uh in the next house it's every cheeseburger he's ever eaten in one house, then it gets a little more conceptual where it's every phone call he's ever had. Mm -hmm. So there's just a like in this house, just shelves and shelves of phones with little plaques that say the date and time of each phone call. And you can pick it up. You can't have it. Just yeah. can listen to it. 
And then it gets more and more intense. Like this house is every person you've ever loved. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, this is every, uh, in this house. This is every person you thought loved you. And, and then this is every Ooh. person. Yeah. It gets like more and more. And like, he just keeps staying in certain houses and overanalyzing them. Yeah. Like we do in our stuff. So that was the idea. And I've just been like having it for a while and just never I love that. working on it. Thank you. Uh, so I was like, I got to work on it. So Tuesday, uh, I was like, Whenever I have the pen to paper and it's blank, I like, I panic. Yes. And then I go to stand-up writing or something else like that. It's so easy to distract yourself with stand-up. And because it's like not a project that's ever complete. Exactly. Right? So you can just keep tweaking it and picking away at it. So if you have other creative projects on the go, it's really easy to get sidetracked with stand-up stuff and just put all your focus there. Also, you can make yourself really fucking busy with stand-up. Oh, yeah. Right? You can be like like on so many shows that you just don't have any physical time left to work on any other projects. Yeah. And then when you're about to work on something, you're like, oh, I'll email for a couple shows. Mm -hmm. I got a show. I did just do something progressing my stand up. Yep. So this can just go back in the drawer for another six mm -hmm. months. Uh, so I was like crippled by fear again when it's just the pen on paper. So I was like, draw it. Just draw it. And oh, I so, love that. so I started just drawing it and then like started it became more than just the blocks and it became this almost uh, wonderland amusement park map where I had the blocks of everything he's ever done. And then there was the willow willow tree of doubt. And it was just all these little pieces of paper that of everything. And then just mm -hmm. they pile up, but they always grow continually. And mm -hmm. then it was like the sea of distraction. And it was all booze and everything because mm -hmm. it's my alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is amazing. By drawing it, I'm coming up with so many more ideas that I was like not even starting when I had to yeah. put it in words. And then by looking at it, I was like, oh, this can, I can turn this into words a bit better now. I, Are you a visual person? Like, um, I think so. Because whenever I you am do very those, much, I would find that exercise very helpful. And so that I said was like, that's what I did for the day. That's great. And then when I started doing the writing though, I then went to two movies, mm -hmm. but that's where it was like good and a bad thing because movies inspire me. Mm -hmm. And whenever I see something new, even if it's bad, I learn something from it. So in a way I was like, I'm still working. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's also TIFF movies. So I was mm -hmm. like, and they're artsy. <laughs> so I'm even better. I'm better than regular Bob. You know what I mean? Like I was really lying yeah. to myself, but it's true in a way, those things. Mm -hmm. But also I was like, well, you could have just stayed home and. Well, that's the thing about comedy is like, really, if your focus is comedy, your whole life is in service of the comedy. So like, yep. you can make that argument for almost literally whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah. I need and especially to. because like, if you're going after a medium in entertainment, like television or movies then it gives you a really good excuse to watch a lot of television oh, and movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see so many movies to the point where it's like, there's only so much you can lie to yourself and they're like, what are you learning from this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. really? You knew exactly what this was going in because you've seen enough movies. It's like a weird thing of like your training is now biting you in the ass. Yeah. You've watched so much that you know exactly what this is going to be. And you're just wasting two hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, Bobby. <laughs> like, but you it's a, a like, I don't know. I think this is true for most people. There are ways that you procrastinate with things that are also productive, like procrastinating. <laughs> Oh you know? man! Yeah, you gotta get something done, and, and so I you just clean instead because that's productive. Apartment. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I gotta stock up on litter. Better go to the store. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah that's simultaneously something that you did that was in service of your goal and also something that you had was made it, more important exactly mm-hmm. yeah and then on wednesday i uh i was looking at the drawings and everything and then i was like i'm gonna dive into the times that i have started these different ideas so not just this story in particular but like uh sorry i don't want to get emotional last year a really good friend of mine passed away yeah and so like it just started flowing out of me and there was like mm-hmm. six or seven pages that I don't even remember writing. And I was just going through my book that has all my movie ideas and all these things. And I was just like, what is this? And so like, that was like a powerful thing to read. Yeah. And when I was trying to think of these goofy things, but at the same time, it was very symbolic of what I was trying to write about and stuff and like memories of like, Oh, this is going to be in a house that you forget is even on the block. Yeah. Like that's a thought that you've tried to put in the past, but in a way you need to revisit that because what you felt and learned in that moment yeah, has you, made you a better person since then. You need to go back into that house. Yeah. yeah. And so that was a lot. Yeah. And then I went and tried to find any type of writing that was like that. Cause I was like, this is coming out. So let's mm-hmm. do this. And so that I thought was very productive because it wasn't like in that way of going to see a movie that someone else wrote that I'm just using to distract myself. Like this was me. No one has read this. Yeah. And in a way, I was the person who needed to read this. Mm-hmm. So it was like this weird like time machine kind of thing. And I was like, whoa. And then that was a lot. So I was like, I need a haircut. And so I got a haircut, which was just like, that's not really a distraction because that's just like self-care mm-hmm. and a thing I needed to do anyways. And you'll find that with this exercise is like some days the like, what did I make more important is things that are still important mm-hmm. you know like it just if, might not be for this goal yeah but like it is maybe totally... it's not in service of the goal but if it's in service of like self-care and and well-being and stuff like that then like that's fine it's not you're not doing the what did i make more important to put a judgment on no, yourself just... or to put a judgment on the activity it's uh it's just that it can be uh eye-opening for you sometimes or things that you continually make more important um that are aren't in service of anything yeah um but if the things that you're putting down under what did i make more important are still in service of you as a person then like you're doing fine everything isn't about the goal yeah that's what i found by looking at this list rather than how i used to do in the past of just judging what i did where it was like this Mm -hmm. wasn't good for your writing or this wasn't good for your money or this wasn't chastising yourself rather than like yeah but it was good for this like or this i needed and then in a weird way I don't know if you noticed, I shaved my beard as well. I did notice. This was like this whole week of like diving into my past with those. I was like, where did this guy go? Mm Because I haven't shaved for like almost a year. Mm -hmm. And so like it was like, where's this guy underneath? So it was like a weird. And I've been thinking about shaving for a while, but nothing had gotten me to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, go get someone else to do it for me. A nice shave. And then I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. So that was also I felt like a good, good thing and not a distraction. And then that night on Wednesday... I had uh, a big show in Brampton, or was it? Yeah, Brampton. I did all the bees this past week. Brampton, Brampton Brantford, Burling, Brantford, Burlington, Burlington. Yeah, and I mixed all of them up. Like every time, someone I'm like, "Oh, I'm heading to Brampton." They're like, "We well, better leave because that's far." And I was like, "No, it's like 25 or 40 minutes." They're like, nah. and then I was like, "Oh wait, did I say the, the oh wrong shit bee one? One of the shitty bees." <laughs> no uh, offense, bees. Yeah, no offense, bees. But you know who you are. Uh, and then so that show went really well so and that was like 
just my job. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't like a bad or not a bad, sorry, not a distraction from the goal. Um, And then Thursday, I drew specific rooms for like, so I drew the cigarette room Mm -hmm. with like this massive like, you know how they have champagne glass towers at places? I have this cigarette tower. And it's disgusting. (laughs) Exactly. Because like that's probably... How man, you know, and it's yeah. huge. And when he walks into this house, it's just a suburban oh, house on the Jesus. outside, but he walks in, it's like a ballroom. So it looks like beautiful and stuff, but it's disgusting what it yeah. actually is. And then I started drawing the phone room with like all the different phones and all the little things. So I was like getting more detail into that world that had nothing on paper yet. Still hadn't actually written anything about it. But the being able to see the world in your head is still super valuable super valuable and it also gave me things to happen because it was just at first a concept and now Mm. i have more of like a story with why i'm going into these houses and what's going on and what he has to accomplish or not accomplish but like what's the why is this happening in this trip for him and so like that felt pretty good and then i did the same thing uh two movies uh but it's tiff so it's like this weird week that yeah. this happened to fall on where I, I would not have been going to two movies on a regular basis. Yeah. It's just TIFF is happening and it's movies all day and it's these movies. And one of them was amazing. And it was one of the coolest things I've seen. It was called Deerskin. It was this French movie. And the main actor was from that silent film that was popular a few years ago, The Artist. Uh-huh. And it was like phenomenal. And it like kind of changed like how... Uh, the director wrote he was he wrote and directed it how he like accomplished certain things was like oh you can do that oh you can do that so it was very inspiring but not mm-hmm. in a way of like stealing yeah of like oh i'm gonna just do that it's like oh you can express your character through that you don't have to give this crazy backstory you just have to make this connection and make it really real and it could be about the craziest thing ever and in this movie was like this guy in love with his jacket that it leads like to crazier and crazier things. And at first you're like, that sounds kind of goofy and that's what it is. But then you're like, by the end you're like, what did I just watch? And so it was like a really inspiring thing with someone who has a weird idea, which a lot of my things are mm-hmm. making it and then it working. Yeah. So not only a good movie, but a good movie for you to be seeing while you're working on a project like this. Yeah. And before you gave me this thing, I had just went to a screening on Saturday with Nicolas Cage in attendance because mm-hmm. it was one of his movies at TIFF. So this is what like shot like why I'm so much Kate. I've also been. Yeah, I'm, that's just I'm, you. I'm, yeah, that's, that's just me. But it was like extra more like I've brought him into conversation every day this week to people, even if they don't want it. It's been if you need any Nicolas Cage facts. I got him. Like it's it's sad, but also I'm like that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Friday, uh, all this kind of stuff had to kind of take a back seat for mm-hmm. a second because I had a weird Al karaoke that night, mm-hmm. and because I was doing all these assignments and writing out that, I kind of completely forgot to do. Like, don't tell Glenn. Love you, Glenn, for listening. <laughs> um, and so I was like, shit. So I very intensely had to work, and I'm like, well, this isn't stand up. So I am t- kind of working on the goal. It wasn't the goal the thing I wanted. The specific project goal, but your goal for the week was, was to work on writing projects that aren't stand-up, stand up. and that counts? Yeah. This one just kind of took focus from the get-go, the mm-hmm. other, the blocks idea, and then went to a movie at six o'clock. But it was one I'd been, this is one I was like, <laughs> this is necessary because these are directors I've loved. Okay. You don't have to qualify every movie that you saw. 
<laughs> this is how I do my life, though. You're I have like, to call. And then I start to movies. But you know, like the. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel. I, I don't know why I feel like it about holds a quiz up. show it's now. Fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm not gonna punish you for seeing 47 movies this week. I was just waiting for it because, like, I thought I waited for you to bring up like, and we have to stop early because Bobby has to go to his movie. Go to two movies. <laughs> and then that night, uh, Weird Al karaoke mm-hmm. after the movie, and it went well. But if I didn't see that movie, the song would have been better, and the movie was eh. Yeah. I really like those directors. Yeah. But it was also cool to see of like, oh, you could screw up and not like you don't have to be perfect. I'm quite you yes. know what I mean? Like, oh, I love their other two movies, but I don't hate this one. It just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And they're trying new things. So it was like Also, a, I feel like you get like, I don't know, as a creative person consuming the kind of art that you make or want to make, you get something out of watching the bad version of the thing that you want to make. Oh yeah. Right? Sometimes more. Than like, you do uh, yeah. from a good one. Because a good one sometimes can make you, the fear increase. Because yes. you're like, I can't do that. And I think like in general, failure is a really good teacher, right? Like for yourself, like mistakes that you make, like you learn from those mistakes. Uh, and then you, that teaches you how to not make that mistake again. Um, and uh, so it's kind of a nice thing to have it be not you who's making the mistake and to be able to learn from somebody else's failure. Not that I'm saying that this movie was no, a no, failure. No. I don't even know what movie it was. No, no, no but, but I know exactly you what you know mean, what I mean. Because especially with a medium like this, whereas in stand-up, if I want to know if a joke works, I can potentially that day yeah, find out. Find out. If a movie works, oh, that's yes. a, potential, a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah, that could be potentially a mm-hmm. year, years. You know what I mean? Like convincing people to give me money and then making it and then it failing halfway through and like all these things to know. So it's like helps to like kind of check boxes of like not going to make those mistakes. Yes. Don't even attempt that. This is so good over here. You're not there yet, mm-hmm. but that's what you're aiming at. What's the difference between the one you didn't like and the one you do like? Where did they make the mistakes? Okay, that's the direction I'm going to go on now. Yeah. Because it's impossible to like continually make movies. And I made little short ones in high school and stuff, but they were just so like showing them to kids at school who were forced to be there. You know what I mean? So they're not the best audience. But it also was cool to be like, well, when they laughed, it was like, well, that's cool because they didn't want to see this shit. Like, yeah. Uh, sorry, if this is like a PG podcast and I just No, said it's not. Why do people assume this? Is it my face? <laughs> no, no, no. It's because, because <laughs> oh in everything... Is it just that I seem like somebody who you shouldn't swear in front of? No, 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 no. Because no. I get that a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Just with, with comedy... Like, I've been on a, a lot of comedy podcasts and a lot of the times, like, the theme in general... Like, one of them was... It's a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Flicks with Dicks. A little shout out. Mm-hmm. Where it's just movies where there's been dick shots in it. Because yeah. it was trying to talk about how, like, there's a lot of female nudity. Let's talk about these mm-hmm. films. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this one was, what are your goals? Yeah. What were they? It's, no, it's, it just seems swear. more mature. It's fun. So you... Thank you. That's It wasn't like you have Thank this... Thank you very uh, much. Oh, I have to not swear thing. It was just like... An air of maturity more than other podcasts I've been on. You know what I mean? Okay, Sometimes cool. where it's like, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> All right. It's not everyone. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, and then Saturday was a bunch of family bullshit. But then in a weird way, it happened and I was like, oh, that script. This other script I've had where it's a conversation between my dad and I. Mm-hmm. And it's four different conversations in a row. And you're trying to decipher while you're watching it, like which one happened and which one is this person 
hoping what happened. Yeah. Or it's like playing it through. So that helped through having those family conversations. And then I was like, oh, I got And then I was like, oh, shit, I got to go to Owen Sound. And so I had to get the comics and then drive. And then the rest of the day was the gig. Mm -hmm. And then woke up this morning, drove home, and now I'm here. So today was kind of a write-off, too. But it sounds like you got a little closer to your goal. Yes. That you got some new ideas and a new perspective on the idea you already had. So that's good. And I think uh, you have a healthy perspective in the like things that I'm doing that are for me are still valuable. Like just because I do something that isn't directly in service of the goal doesn't mean that I shouldn't do that thing. Um, Because I don't know, like it it depends on the person too. like some people. uh, Their struggle is finding their motivation. um, And finding a. Yeah, the ability to step forward towards the goal. Um, And for other people, it's uh, slowing down and not needing everything to be about the goal. Uh, And I know for me, I kind of oscillate between those two. Uh, So (laughs) I was wondering what period this uh, assignment would catch you in. In which mode? Um, It's weird because like this whole year has been a completely different year because I've been sober. Yep. So like... Like if this podcast had happened a year and a couple months, those times where I'm going to the movies would have been heavily drinking, mm-hmm. buying cocaine, going to an after hours, seeing what happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like it would just be a completely different. So this past year, I've almost had to like retrain everything because those moments would happen when yeah. I was drinking. But it was more of like I was in manic modes of like I'm coming off of a high in a good way i'm gonna motivate and just work like crazy Mm -hmm. for two days and then like ride a bender the wrong way and then just be barely getting the motivation to accomplish the goal and then have a day sober and a good brain start working on something Mm -hmm. go out do a bunch of jokes do everything's going great have an audition and then reward myself with all that behavior again and it was just like so I couldn't trust, am I motivated right now? Yeah. Or am I this? Or is it a lot of alcohol and drug-induced things? Mm-hmm. Or sexual sometimes. Yeah. When I was single and just like, what's happening? What's going on? Who can I meet? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, So now this whole past year is hard to even know th- that to answer that question properly because I've just been learning how to be a person again. Yeah. No, totally. Like my- what age did you start drinking? heavily because i've heard that like you kind of pick up from where you left off i've heard that yeah, before yeah, like, like uh, <laughs> you sort of starting again at the age that you started really drinking well because like growing up i grew up in thunder bay mm-hmm. and so you just like have to start drinking so birth <laughs> a little bit a little bit there uh you just have to start i was like one of the lamer per- people because i didn't start until grade eight mm-hmm. like and so like you start drinking and then it's like pretty much every weekend but you yeah. just think it's normal and that's kind of a thing i don't talk about too much with alcohol, about my alcoholism and drinking and everything because when i start talking about what i've been thinking about it sounds very judgmental about how we as a society have fun and i'm not trying to sound judgmental it's just analyzing my own experience with it yes and how we celebrate or how we do anything where we're sad we drink we're happy we drink we're at an event that should just be fun on its own yeah the lineups for the beer is the longest lineup. Like it's insane. Like 
Mm-hmm. And this past year, going to events that I used to be hammered at and just enjoying the event. Did you know that um, at the Sky Dome, they play baseball? <laughs> that was a new one this year for me. I didn't know that. I was just hammered yeah. the entire time. So it was just such a weird, like, learning. Yeah, sorry. I don't even know it, how I no, got on this tangent. it is crazy to think about, though. And, like, uh, like I don't really drink. And uh, it maybe like uh i guess like two years ago i was just like i have a chronic illness and it's just really hard on my body i pay for it really hard and i was just kind of feeling like you know what i don't think it's worth it the benefit is in no way yeah, yeah. Like, i don't think it's worth it to me so i like started cutting back and now i'll have like i don't know like maybe a drink every other month or something like one drink every other month and uh it's crazy how quickly you adapt to being a sober person in a drinking environment, right? Where like you go to a party or or something like that or some kind of event, a wedding even. Oh yeah, right? sober weddings. And like, yeah, it's awkward for the first like 15 minutes, you know, but then you just kind of like relax and sink into it. And it's funny how like as everybody else drinks and their inhibitions diminish so do yours even though you aren't drinking well it's in a and you're all just free and uh, like i think about that all the time of like wouldn't that be beautiful if we were like just all able to do that just all of the time if like some of the people in the room didn't have to be drinking um to be able to access that kind of like free play space oh i walked by uh some people yesterday and uh they were on the other side of the street from me and i didn't hear the whole conversation but the guy goes I went to a dry wedding once and she went, what? And he went, yeah. <laughs> and they were outraged. Because, outraged. <laughs> because that's ludicrous to them because people usually just get yeah. mad when it's a, when you have to pay. Yeah. They, people usually go, not an open bar. Oh, but yeah. it, there's, you still got hammered though. Right. Yeah. But maybe a little less than you would have. And then when it's dry, it's like, you're like, oh, no fun. When it's like, Oh, okay. But that's a weird one but because weddings no. are boring. Weddings are boring. But <laughs> I will say weird, like I go nice many places that I don't drink and I have lots of fun. Oh, well, that's the other thing is that. Oh, right. Because it started with that of like, when did I start drinking then? Mm-hmm. But then I drank heavily in Thunder Bay, moved to Toronto. Comedy kind of became a drug for a bit. Uh-huh. I was still drinking, but in a way of like everyone else. And yeah. that's the other thing. So many people in this community have drinking and drug problems a ton well it's so hard we like work in bars we get for the first we get paid i was in just drink about tickets. to say that whenever t- a red flag went in my brain be like maybe you're drinking too much and then i get rewarded for the goal that i'm accomplishing in a brand mm-hmm. new city with a pint yeah that everything in your 19 year old brain you also just started drink started drinking mm-hmm. legally in bars i've been drinking since the 13th Thunder yeah. Bay, but like it's just like ding 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 you won this mm-hmm. isn't a problem this is the solution yeah. in a way and then like it, i ha- was dating someone for a while and it was a long relationship and like she took notice of mm-hmm. like how much i was drinking and i was just like this is what everyone i know does and she was also from thunder Bay, so i was like you know this this is you drink or whatever mm-hmm. she's like not as much and not this and if the beer stores close and we don't have beer i'm not upset and, like and yeah. i would just be like pissed at her and like looking back now i'm like what an asshole like i she was helping trying to help but mm-hmm. no one wants to be told no you have and to come no to it on your can own be told no one anything can. No. right like have you ever had like a friend who's in a shitty relationship and you're like man this person is garbage is for you garbage for you you can't talk that person that friend out of that relationship you'll like you can be there for them 
and stuff. But like, you're never gonna, you're never gonna convince them. No, exactly. And I bet, I bet you, that's what the thing with alcohol is, is just you in an unhealthy relationship. Oh, right. Nobody can talk you out of that relationship. No. Yeah, you, you can't help who you love. And, <laughs> so and like, those I found those writings because when I was going on the search for like after I found the thing I wrote about after my friend had passed, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let's find some other writing that isn't funny. That's not even because I was working on writing. But this movie obviously will have funny things in it. Nicholas Cage is guiding me around in my brain. It's yeah. going to have jokes. But I was like, oh, let's look for the darker stuff. And I found this thing I wrote about drinking and how much it was like what booze was for me mm-hmm. everywhere. And in a weird way, it was like, I was getting away with my depression and my suicidal thoughts by doing it slowly and cool with yep. booze. And at the same way, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. And I drink. I'd have a really good taste for beers and rum and con- all these good things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a good one. That's a not wine because it would just take too long to get drunk. But like all the other things that I'd be like, I'm killing myself. Cool. Yeah. It's like if I slashed my wrist with a razor blade, but I was like, this is the best razor blade they got. Yeah. Best one on the market, everybody. It's engraved. Look, yep. <laughs> check it out. Like, that's what I was doing slowly with booze. And then mm-hmm. when I would travel, I would mask my alcoholism with, I'm trying flavors of the world. Yeah. I'm a worldly person. I'm in Berlin. I'm I being have cultured. To, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm in Amsterdam where the Heineken the brewery is. I, yeah. I don't even like it, but I have to drink it the entire time I'm here, every yeah. second of the day. Like, it was just such a weird. And then that same thing of, like, I was saying earlier of, like, I'm happy, celebrate. I'm sad, Mm -hmm. have a beer. This and that. Uh, After work, this and that. But then it's like a job where our jobs have no real hours. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I just had an audition at 10 in the morning. I'm technically done work for the day. Mm -hmm. Like, let's get this. And And when you're done work, you start drinking. Yep. And I was so good at it that like whenever you would read those things in the Toronto stand-up community of people like, hey, person who had the rum in the water bottle on stage... And everything, I'd laugh because it was never me. Because I'm like amateurs, you keep the flask in your sock, you drink it in the bathroom when you do a couple bumps. No mm-hmm. one knows. I'm like these people aren't. They're looking for attention. Yeah. When you're good at it, no one knows. And that was isn't the thing. that the terrible thing? I was so good Is at hiding you get it. Really good at disguising it and mm-hmm. hiding it. That's true of a lot of things. Even apart from drinking, I think it's just uh, we get really good at hiding our weak points. Oh, exactly. And, uh, especially things that people might try to help us with and we aren't ready to accept help. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Like things that, yeah, if, if somebody knew what was really going on, there's no way they wouldn't step in. And I'm not ready to have somebody step in yet. So I can't let anybody know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Because like I'm talking a lot about drinking right now, but this past year, the drinking's out Mm -hmm. so it's like and people think sometimes when they're not an alcoholic and they're like oh you're sober like everything's on the up and up it's like no all the problems and things i wasn't dealing with are now lined up at my door (laughs) with a fucking clipboard Mm -hmm. like we need your signature like you have to deal with all the Mm -hmm. mistakes and problems you made and all of the voices you've been quieting Exactly. And then letting those loud ones be so loud for so long. It's like, you need to shut up for a bit and we need to listen to these ones. And it's like, wow, how much I was using drinking to get away from those things. Now it's like, oh, I still want to get away from those things. So I'm masking it with different Mm -hmm. things. And like, yeah, you find different ways of covering it up. And it's just like and then now I have these blow up moments yeah which i did when i was drinking but they were crying in uh-huh. this like uh, i'm a uh, i'm a fuck up and then it's like that's who you are but now i'm like 
I'm so angry that I don't know how to deal with these things mm-hmm. at all because my defense mechanism before was booze. Yeah. So now it's like, well, like what you said, to bring it around to the question you asked, I am basically a 13-year-old again. Yeah, you're experiencing I'm all a teenager. of these, trying to figure out emotions yeah. and stuff and how to express them in a healthy way. That makes complete sense. And I, I feel like that would be one of the things that would be so challenging about those like very early years of sobriety is uh, yeah all of the stuff that you have coped with in this uh unhealthy way you have to learn how to cope with that stuff without your vices and uh, and it's a vice that is huge like i had a booze and coke problem Mm -hmm. but the coke was more became a problem to help facilitate the drinking. Well, that's what usually happens, yeah. right? It's like it sobers you up enough, like makes you feel sober it, enough that you can keep drinking and you can keep going yeah, all night. Yeah, because I was so good at drinking that I wouldn't get sick. Yeah. I would just, my body would shut down. Yeah. I would have to pass out or I started blacking yeah. out where Coke didn't, the blackouts didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I'm here, baby. Yeah. Like, we're going. So like that one was easier to kick in a way because I just had to stop the thing that made that because when you just do coke, I did that one day. Mm-hmm. That's no fun. No, <laughs> those people are. Whoa, no, thank you. Like it's that it's wasn't a, what it's what it was for. No, exactly. It was just in service of the drinking. Of the drinking, and so like, uh, shit. I don't even know what I was saying there after I did that stupid coke thing. Uh, <laughs> those things were the bad ones. Oh, coke is easier because there's not constant reminders of it unless someone at the end yep. of the night has a little bag. And but like, booze, it's not like. All the time, everywhere, everywhere. everyone and is doing coke. people looked down on it even when I was doing it. Yeah, we're... <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you'd have to watch like, you want to go to the bathroom? And yeah, they're like, yeah. I'm fine. I don't have to pee. You're like, oh, okay, cool. You don't, you're, I mean, I just yeah. wanted to chat about something. You, no, I didn't want to do a drug. You know what yeah. I mean? So that one you had to hide. But booze, it's not only so is it everywhere, uh, it's advertised everywhere. everywhere. It's insane. Do you struggle with this? I, like, what do people do at night? If it's not drinking, where do you, what places do you go it's, after 8 p.m. if oh, you're not drinking? It's, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to drink. I just want to sit across a table from someone and have a conversation. But how do you do that if you're not in a bar? And uh, it, not that I can't be in a bar and, and do that, but no, the, you know what I mean? There are like, very limited places because. Many places for sober people to hang out. It's crazy. In the summer, it's ice cream parlors mm-hmm. uh and late night ice cream parlors in the summer it's a thing oh yeah the one on st Clair. Okay, uh, next summer. that's open till midnight the one on college <laughs> yeah i know my ice cream parlors yeah, now that's yeah, my hang yeah. and then in the winter or in the colder months usually coffee shop hours stay a little mm-hmm. later especially in the christmas season that was actually the biggest challenge it, not weddings not like even my buddy's bachelor party that was easy because i was like you see how quickly it's not fun yeah. anymore. Like when you're drinking with your pals and you're having three or four you're drinks. Got, you've got you blinders s- on to it, eh? Oh, and yeah. then it, when you aren't drinking, like I'll have this point in a night where I'll kind of forget that everyone else is getting drunk. Like, because I'm so like, used to mine. And then I'm like, why did everybody get really annoying suddenly? Oh, yeah. Like, why is everybody so loud and they're all interrupting each why other? Why were we talking before and, I, and now I'm being lectured? Yeah, and I feel like, you're not really listening to me or like, you know, like I'm like, why is everybody so annoying? And then I realize like, oh, this is the point in the night where everybody's drunk now. Yeah. I'm going home. And it, this is the weird, <laughs> like, I don't mind saying this one because it's like, I don't care if it's cocky or if it's arrogant or mm-hmm. what it is. 
But no one is fun when they're super drunk. No. You're having fun. And with people who are equally drunk, you're all having a good time because you're on the same level. You are not fun. No. I was never fun when I was that fun. I thought I was a party, but I was just purposely surrounded my pe- with myself with people who were like me or yes. wanted me to do crazier yes. things because it made them laugh while they were equally on the same thing. Well, that's the thing that happens, right? It's like you just you create a circle for yourself of other high functioning alcoholics so that they can enable you and you can enable them and you aren't going to get the judgment um, from them while you're engaging in the behavior. That's why we became a regular at after hours. Yeah, because like I'd hang out with comics and they're like, you don't. what are you talking about, Bobby? You're not you're fine. You went home last night like one. And I was like, I didn't go home. Like mm-hmm. I went to a place with seedier people. Like comedians think they're seedy, and some of them are, mm-hmm. but they're we're not. Oh, you talking about something really? Fun. Come to where I go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like see what I've done. Yeah, we're like, amateurs. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's I'm not saying that as like a badge of honor. I'm saying it more as like a that's how dark it was for me that I needed yeah. to get away from people that were considered scummy and we could be our dirty mm. selves i had to go find a dirtier group of people to be to myself be your scummier self yeah and mm-hmm. like that's not who i wanted to be like at all mm. like that was like one realization i was sitting in after hours by myself there's a couple other people but they were like together or whatever and there was some movie on the tv like in sil- like silence because there was just music playing it was like closed captioning i'm just watching this movie and i was just looking around like whoa man like if you walked in here like I was looking around because there were sketchy people and I was like, oh, God, like, these are sketchy people. But I'm like, yeah, but if someone walked in here, they wouldn't look at you and go, let's get out of here. There's yeah. a bunch of sketchy people around. They'd walk in the room and be like, there's a bunch of fucking sketchy people in this room. I'm leaving. So I was like, I'm one of them because I'd, I'd even yeah. distance myself when I found that group. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm better than these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what kind of arrogance <laughs> is that? Like... <laughs> Oh, sorry. That went on a weird tangent. No, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. Like now, all of that, all of that, all of those places, all of those scummy people are all just ways of quieting anxiety and uh, negative self-talk, I imagine. Oh, yeah. It was just... I should have given you an assignment about that next time. Yeah, I'd love to come Um... back. (laughs) Clearly, I'm a head case, so... But we can talk about that a bit if you want. But at the same time, about this stuff, uh, I've... going Getting sober this time, why it worked, was because I stopped beating myself up about those things. Yeah. And I just enjoy them in a weird way now. That's the thing. What a crazy time. So (laughs) if you're... If the story that you play for yourself in your head is, I'm a scumbag... And I'm a piece of shit and uh, I'm no good. Then that. So the thing about your brain is that your brain cares more about being right than being good. So your brain likes very much to be right. So if you're telling yourself, I'm a scumbag, I'm garbage, then you're going to make that true. So this can also be applied to like if... Um, If you're, uh, to bring it back to accomplishing goals, for example, if you're trying to do something and let's say in our situation, it's write a script or do a set, you know, and you're like, oh, this is going to go really badly. Oh, this is going to suck. And so the weird thing is, is like, you're not going to realize you're doing it, but you're going to tank it on purpose. 
maybe not consciously, but, but your brain wants to be right about you doing a bad job. So it's up there so going it's gonna like, make that happen. you told us we yeah. were going to do this, yeah. so we're listening. So you're like in the after hours and your brain is like, you told me I was a scumbag. So I'm making you a scumbag. Like we're here. This yeah. is like. And the way that you turn that around is by changing the story that's on repeat, right? Yeah. So instead uh, of you're a scumbag, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be here. It's like. You were lost. Yeah. Very lost. Yeah. These were the doors you took. Mm-hmm. You can still go back out those same doors. Yes. They're not locked. You're not in this. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love this, these room analogies and these hallway analogies. It's like, I, I don't know it. why, but it's I the thing it. I'm obsessed with. But yeah, I could still go back yeah. through it. You can still go back through it. No problem. You aren't a scumbag. You aren't a bad person. You're just hurting and doing your best to cope. Um, but then sometimes, and it's not an excusing of of behavior to say oh, those for things. Sure. It's just, uh, yeah, telling like, and I, this is so important. Is like you need to pay attention to like how much you play negative crap to yourself on a loop. Play the good stuff on an equally active loop, right? And that like it feels really unnatural at first, like to purposefully think. Like, I am a good person. It feels like I deserve love and happiness. You feel like you're like in the 90s to- listening to one of those like uh, uh, hip hypnosis recordings that yeah. when you go to sleep, you know, like <laughs> I was going to say, it's I like- don't need to smoke. I am a strong, <laughs> confident woman. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's, amazing. that's what it feels like. But you have to do it. And when you start doing that on purpose and really work at it, eventually it becomes more natural. Um. Because it can't be too much of either one. Because no. you see that happening. That happens a lot online. I find those those types of people come out where it's like the people where sometimes I'll feel like where it's just like constantly negative on mm-hmm. myself. And those people are reaching out and the, everything's the worst. My life is terrible and everything yeah. like that sucks. And I feel but like also at the same time, this isn't the best. You Like you said, you need to take it too. like yes. you need help. But you're part of it. You are it. You are it. The thing that's and, uh, causing like, it is part of you. It's a uh, such a mind trip to get your head around like all of the answers everything you want you have it right like whatever it is that you're trying to find like it's already in you that's the whole you said the basically the notes of the thing like right? yeah i'm obsessing it's about those you. things but the other ones are there yeah it's, it's what all i'm focusing accessible. on yeah you can have it now like you just have to like open the right filing cabinet <laughs> exactly you know what i mean That's it's like <laughs> oh here it is it was under yeah. d the whole time right like <sighs> so just like maybe you're gonna have to keep opening filing cabinets before you find the thing that you're looking for but like keep looking but then you also can't be the other way of like just the good track playing because then you become those people who oh, I'm right all the time. You know, that's I'm going to dictate I, other no, people's. No, I totally think that that's a totally different thing. Really? We, yeah, we could talk for a really long time about that, actually. Oh. About the like, I feel like a lot of people um, have an aversion to the like purposeful positive self-talk because they have a fear of being arrogant and, uh, or a fear of becoming I, those people. Uh, becoming those people, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're going to be If you were those... one of those people, you would have already been that person. And also, like, if you're in a place where you're, like, really struggling emotionally and with your self-esteem, you're so far away from being arrogant, I don't think you have to worry. But that's where right? comedians <laughs> are this... But that's where comedians are this weird, different creature with our... 
mental health issues is because we do all still have that bit of arrogance to yes. get on a stage and, and make people listen to us. But the thing is also is like, it's not like healthy self-esteem is going to take you to a place You're of right. arrogance. Arrogance is going to come from a place of low, low self-esteem. Self I know. Like, so if you work on the self-esteem, the irony is if you were already arrogant and you started doing this stuff, you'd probably become less arrogant arrog by doing this. You're <laughs> totally right. As soon as you like explained it that I played back what I said in my brain, I'm like, no, yeah, that's right. The person right? who's really now building on the good track playing is the person who's waking up, yeah. going for a run, making sure they make lunch for the Like just yes. being like on top of the things that I am like, I can't. Like, <laughs> But in my mind, I'm like, you're going to be one of those people yeah. who's telling people what to say and no. what to do. And like see, that's just, a, you know what I feel like? It's just a different version of that same story of I'm a scumbag, I'm a piece of garbage, you know? It's just, uh, you're, you're like, oh, you're just going to be a different piece of garbage. I'm just going to rebrand this garbage that but, I'm trying to sell you. Totally, but that's where a whole other thing comes into play. And I don't think we have time to talk about it on this one, but that's where a whole other thing comes into play. And I've had to deal with this here being sober is that like, People get to say stuff about you, mm -hmm. make stuff up about you, spread stuff about you. Those are other voices now coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's so it's like this weird battle of like, oh, you're confirming those, but you're lying. But also like, like what other people think about you, what other people say about you, that's none of your business. And like other people's reaction to you, none of your business. I know all you. All, that's not your job. Their reaction, not your job. Your only job is to be kind and to do your best and to be good to yourself. And if you're doing those three things, being kind, doing your best, being good to yourself, then you're doing all you can. And if somebody else is uh, talking shit, that's uh, that's about them. So rarely that has been a way that I've been say, able to deal with it yeah, lately is like, it's I about feel them. It's not about so you. bad for like specifically someone I know who's been saying stuff. I just go like, Oh, I feel so bad for yeah, you. Right? Like at first I was like, I hate this person. I want to take them down. I want to mm -hmm. do something or whatever. And I'm just like, now I'm like, wow, they're in such a terrible place yeah. that they have to do this about yeah. people. Wow. Like when you can tap into that empathy place instead of the anger and be, be like, you're in pain. That's why, that's why you act out like this. That's why you say, that's those why things. you say you those, things. Do those things. That's why you need to tear other people down is you're in pain. And uh, like once you're able to tap into that in yourself, you're able to forgive those people a little bit easier. That's been the one, like the biggest saving grace out of anything is this past year being sober. I've like disappeared from Facebook mm -hmm. because I've realized how much like I'll even write out a thing. I'm like, what's going to come from this? You're just anger, shooting anger. No yep. one listens on these. Yep. People just are doing this. Just see you later. Just relax. Post a picture of your cats and move on. Yep. Like just be kind. Do your best. Be kind. Rewind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, man, we're going to have to have you back. Yeah, I'd love to. Got yeah. a whole bunch of... <laughs> we've opened up this... So not done talking to you Nicholas yet. This cage, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cage. It's a cage. Oh, boy. Um, so we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh, <laughs> You're like, but I got nothing for you. To but in this case, I don't think so. <laughs> you have to end with that Nicholas Cage, but I'm not giving you a compliment. No, Bobby, you're just a delight. <laughs> you're just a delight. And like, I can't even tell you how happy I am that you quit drinking. <laughs> Thank and you. And 
are on this way better path because you are such a high potential person who has so much to give. You just like, you're one of those people that like, you just make me cry. You just see your heart, right? It's just like, it's just right there. You know, you're just the energy coming off of you is just like, this is a good person. This is a good person with it, with a kind heart. And uh, like, Oh, Thank, you're just you're I wonderful. I feel the exact same way about you. Seriously, Thank I'm so you. glad that we uh, met in comedy and started like a nice little friendship. We're not the biggest mm-hmm. friends. We don't hang out all the time, but I feel an actual like friendship with you I where I can talk too. about like that's why when you asked me to do the show, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And when you asked me to do the podcast, I was even more excited. And even the way I was feeling today, if this was anything else, I would have canceled mm-hmm. just and not in a rude way. It was just this is I can't do this but this i was like no this i this is i want to do this so thank you bobby you're such a delight to be around oh so are you oh this has been so nice it has been so nice oh Oh, boy all right listeners go be kind to yourself and remember that love is everywhere